Hey, Ryan. Hi, Carlos. How's it going? Oh, you know, things are, uh, well, I'm, I'm hanging in there, as one might say. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's been like five weeks-ish? I, it's the longest hiatus we've had since we started this by quite a bit, I think. We've maybe missed two or three weeks in a row in the past, but mm-hmm. yeah, never, I think it's been like six, maybe? Yeah, it's fine. I don't know. Like, let me let me check the the fan inbox. It's if I'm being honest, it's hard to remember like six days ago. So if you asked me what happened six weeks ago, that's it's challenging. What happened six days ago? Well, that's that. I just I kind of just picked a number out of my head. Was that when that. 15 cases were going to be zero? <laughs> Wait, which 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 day was that? Okay, so uh, so it's been a, it's been a month or a month and a half, and. I want you to know that I've lathered up the Ethernet cables in Purell, so this is this is a sanitary pod. And, Thank you. Oh, it's gonna be good. So um, I'm gonna keep this tight. We're gonna keep this brief uh, to ease back into things. But um, yeah, it's been a bit. It's been a bit. Uh, mm-hmm. What was the What was the biggest news before we left? Oh, that's a good question. It, it would have had to There's been... still like eight people in the Democratic field. Mayor yeah. Pete was still talking about cornfields. Right. It would have, yeah, it would have had to have been the Democratic primary, which... Wait, is that, that's not still going? They canceled that too? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's effectively over, but um, that, you know, that, that has been one of the, I mean, obviously in, in the, in the pecking order of important things, you should be focusing on sort of the impact the i'm going to be the first one to say it here coronavirus has had on other stories is, is not necessarily the most important thing but i think you mean the wuhan it, flu oh it makes me so we'll get, we'll get back to that it makes me so mad <laughs> you mean casual racism which, which <laughs> yeah exactly Sorry, please, please go back um it, it it's it's really interesting to me how the democratic primary just became basically a non-story it's it and 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 the way the way that um the way that things have changed since you and i have last spoke would in any other time be just the biggest story of 2020 and it's now going to go down as just sort of a footnote in history it's it's wild i'm i'm going to disagree with you or just because before this whole thing kind of um blew up like it uh most of the people had dropped out and coalesced behind uh, Biden to um, to to stop Sanders, and I think before like this became the only thing any, anybody talked about, it, it was basically almost impossible for Bernie to catch. So I think it was pretty much already over. And also, I think that coupled with the fact that I think most voters, when you when now that um, Globally, everything's just in a constant state of emergency and freefall. Like, I think even a lot of the idealistic people who might have been Sanders supporters probably don't think he'd be the best person in crisis, or that just kind of worked itself out. So I think it's twofold. Yeah, no, I, I, I get it. And I think, obviously, once some time has passed and once slash if things what's, what's settled, settled down, um, 
the what's happened in the Democratic primary will get its place in history, but it is it is just amazing how it went from pretty much like the main thing I read on every day to just kind of you know nothing being yeah exactly no yeah. um, I will take this moment to remind people that we 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 could have had Elizabeth Warren and yeah um okay we'll we'll probably table cuz I don't want that to take up the whole entire show cuz we have actual um I I think are you familiar with the 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 uh expression that young people use and you can bleep this if you have to of of quote unquote <laughs> being uh back on your bullshit do you know that term have you heard I that I do know that term mm-hmm. yeah I think I think we should embrace that okay cuz I I don't I I think every basically everything on the internet has become uh everybody's um an armchair epidemiologist did i did i pronounce that right uh as far as i know yeah yeah or or a pan, uh, pandemic expert I, I just think i don't know i think this could be the escape that um 10 to 48 people in the united states could use yeah. um because everything else is bad all the time mm-hmm. really really bad every minute yeah, of well, every things day were, things were bad before but they're just re- really extra bad now. yeah but things have actually like they were always bad, but the um, it's actual consequence now. Well, no, but I I stepped away from saying that because they they had consequences before, but they felt less. Um, you know, we weren't losing seven percent of the value like logarithmically. Um, it would take like if you lose seven percent every day, eventually, like it's going to approach zero, but it never actually does. That's how math works, right? Uh, they call that it was, asymptotic. It was never my expertise. Mm-hmm. you're the you're the uh you're the macroeconomics guy oh you're all you're all about the micro <laughs> nice Wait, i wasn't very i wasn't very good at that either that was the most obvious joke one can make yeah i know <laughs> it's been a while so everything just seems funny wait i'm all at practice i gotta get, uh, get my dock up uh and have my running show titles um do you buy your imac pro yet oh my god so uh, all right, two 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 more things on the um the in the pandemic vertical before we talk about other stuff. Uh-huh. Uh all about the micro. Okay. Um so no so uh, let me let me take the more pressing part. Or so and this is all very disjointed but you'll fix this in post. Oh sure. So so I posted a thing on Instagram on Sunday when um uh, like our our dumb game show president gave a news conference saying relax everything's fine. And I, I got a DM from somebody who I, I, I don't talk to frequently that is maybe more of a supporter of that person. Like, they're, they're from Orange County, so therefore it's kind of, I mean, you can fill in the blank there. Sure. Where it's, it's much more, it's much easier to be kind of a casual, convenient Republican there. Saying that uh, we shouldn't, politi- uh, that this was politicizing the crisis, and that's the wrong thing to do right now. So what mm. what, what what is your your take on the fine line about that right now of basically it feels like um now that the president may or may not have adopted a more appropriate tone although he undermined most of that today like what what do you is is does this count as the type of emergency where uh there's like now a um criticism immunity no criticism in and of itself is not partisan and I, I have I have a hard time articulating this with Trump, but I'll I'll, I'll do the best I can here. So, you know, pre-Trump, 
conservatives and liberals can disagree on what the top marginal tax rate should be or whether or not the federal government should have a role in the school system or other type of issues like that. Like there can be reasonable disagreement. But with Trump, there are things he does and things he says which are just objectively hurtful to the company and not worthy of the presidency. And calling him out when he does things like that, to me, is not partisan. And I think (sighs) focusing on more traditional partisan issues during a time of crisis, yes, I think that does start to get a little more complicated. But when you're having what I think is just objective criticism of the response to a national emergency at first belittling it and now trying to turn it into some type of foreign invasion almost is just, you know, Democrat or Republican, just a repulsive thing that needs to be called out. Yeah. Did you see that video that's been going around that the Washington Post edited together? The of uh, of him or of Fox News? Of Fox News. Yeah, I've I haven't watched it, but I've seen that pop up a bunch. You really should, and please, I'll just link you to it. Please put it in the show notes. But it's 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 a hell of a thing. Um, yeah, I guess the, the frustrating part, honestly, mostly is that this could be, and I'm not saying like just politically, like what would have been the most expedient thing to do, but like this feels like an opportunity where he could have just been like, you know what, like strike up a somber tone to say, I'm going to defer to the experts and literally like, just go golfing, go do anything else and just let the remaining experts in the administ- in the executive branch and, and the government agencies just take it. And, and I, I just don't see why that was never an option. It seems like just so much easier. And just the, the total gaslighting happening now is beyond the pale. And I still don't feel like we as a society or with our free press are doing a good enough job calling him out on that. I still feel like he's getting a pass. Yeah. Well, I assume there's an easy solution, which is like just um, there's another uh, like I I get a a Twitter knows to just feed me just like liberal talking points, even though I like I know technically that's it's probably most closely aligns to the truth than anything else right now. But there was a thing, a video where it was basically just somebody who made a calendar of just showing the um, the comments the president made over time. Um, like, I just feel like you can just turn that into a 60 second ad and just run that through November and that just solves itself, right? Yeah, I think, you know, and I, I would, you know, let's all hope and pray for completely non-political reasons that this current state of affairs is in a better position come the fall um and i think if if it is you know then calling that out people aren't going to be able to immediately point out the partisanship there even though i think that's again like criticism and partisanship aren't necessarily the same thing criticism can be partisan but you can also criticize a president or any other elected official objectively without 
it necessarily being partisan. But I think it'll be easier to do that, assuming that again things are in, in a in a better state now. R- I wrongly, I think, but I right now it's harder it's harder to do that without people being able just to you know wave the the partisan flag. Yeah. Uh, also, real time follow up or real time Twitter searching. Uh, currently, Nate Silver and Elon Musk are in a Twitter fight because uh, Elon Musk is promising he could make ventilators at a drop of a hat. This is a this is this is a weird collision of our worlds. This is happening like literally as we're recording. It's it's frustrating because it basically, uh, yeah, we. Uh, wh- you would think Elon Musk watches the news. We will make ve- we will make ventilators if there's a shortage. Is 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 that not common knowledge that we're? God damn! I hate it. on a, on a more positive note. Everything. Um, Nate, because you know we're on a first name basis. Um, mm-hmm. he actually has been one of the voices I've really looked to. I think I think his his Twitter feed and his comments on the 538 politics podcast have been have been really good. He's been I would say very concerned. He's he struck a more concerned tone than many others that I've read and listened to, but in typical Nate Silver fashion has sort of backed up everything he's said in as much data as possible, which mm-hmm. has been really helpful for me. Yeah, yeah, he's he, he's good. Um, yeah, I mean, because like now that we're kind of outside of the realm of where you can possibly have like contrarian takes, he's been doing like a lot of database data supported stuff, and it, it's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Galen's been doing a top notch job uh, steering the pod as well. Yeah. yeah, good for him. I like since we've since we're back now, you've embraced pod. That's the second time you've used that phrase. No, no, the but only only ironically and only to describe like the industry itself. It's 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 never to actually they're they're always podcast episodes in their podcasts, but if you're discussing it in jest, they're pods or great pod alerts. Only only in times of crisis. I get it. Yes, that yeah, something something habeas corpus, yes. <laughs> or, or uh yeah, martial law. Nice. Uh what was the nice, nice flex there? I like that. I don't know. It was the only thing I. Isn't there also a Posse Comitatus Act? Isn't that something else to? I, I'm trying to remember all my Sorry, AP what, US history. What'd you, what'd you call me? I don't want to Google something if it's going to turn up bad results. <laughs> I, and I don't know how to spell it. Oh, I was close. Uh, signed into law by Rutherford B. Hayes, the Posse Comitatus Act is to limit the powers of the federal government in using federal military personnel to enforce domestic policies. Hey, that might actually come up soon. Yeah, you've Fuck. heard it here first. Um, what was I going to talk about before this? Oh, iMac Pro. That was five minutes ago. Yeah, so no. So ever... Have we, have we even talked... I really wanted this to not be about the thing. But so ever since uh, like Sunday, when we all kind of now just basically just stay at home all the time. Um, uh, yeah, I've been doing I've been trying to catch up on a whole bunch of pro- uh, projects. So I'm now um, trying to digitize three decades of family photos. I am uh, catching up on a bunch of 
photos that I haven't edited or sorted or done anything with in Lightroom. And you know what? I could really use a, a Mac Pro right now, but yeah, I can't. Not not necessarily in the budget in uncertain economic times. Are you a Mac Pro? So you've actually even moved beyond an iMac Pro. Well, yeah, because the iMac Pro hasn't been updated in two and a half years or whatever. And when Lightroom is pegging all eight cores of, I know it's a 2015 uh, 5K iMac, but still, like, I feel like the Mac Pro would be the only thing that would be um, a noticeable uh, improvement over the eight core that I have now. But have again, you, I can't have you, had your com- have you had your computer since 2015? October 2015, yeah. It's been a champ. Wow. Zero, zero problems, knock on wood, or knock When's on glass. It? When's the last time you had a computer for five years? Uh, 1993. Yeah. With my, our uh, CompUSA brand CompuDyne 386DX. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so anyway, I, I uh, there was new Apple stuff, which we might get to. But um, yeah, it's, really... a li- it's a little bit of normalcy. I feel like we should maybe at least maybe end with that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, a bit of quick rundown on stuff uh, that's happened over the past month that we might have lost uh, lost track of. Uh, sports is canceled. Um, there's a new uh, person that everybody in the country gets to hate right now, uh, Rudy Gobert, somebody I was unaware of uh, up until a week ago. So that's cool. Um, Netflix is no longer making TV shows. Uh, Dis- uh, Disney is just like giving away movies on Disney Plus now and completely abandoning their release schedule. Um, airlines are uh, worth 70% less than they were a week and a half ago. Um, what else happened? Oh, Apple, every Apple store is closed in, until the indefinite future. Every tech conference has been canceled or moved into some alternative virtual setup actually can we get into that real quick that that, sure. that should be a good transition point you, this is why you're this is why you're the professional <laughs> um i gotta bring where's the wwdc one because uh, apple had some some top-notch bs um we are delivering wwdc 2020 this june in an innovative way to millions of developers around the world bringing the entire developer community together with a brand new experience Apple's trying to make it seem like they invented a live stream. Like, I don't, do you, do you think W, so like you said, basically every, it was kind of like a domino effect where E3, GDC, um, Google IO, Facebook, F8. Yeah. Basically every conference just said, no, this is too much liability. So South by Southwest is canceled. XOXO is canceled. Pretty much everything's over with. And then people were wondering, well, what's what's WWDC gonna do? Because that's usually that's it's every year in June. It usually gets announced for ticket lottery availability in like mid-April. And um yeah, so Apple finally announced that they're taking it online only. But yeah, they they managed to make it sound like they're somehow doing something, oh yeah, an entirely new online format. So there's there's so many other things to be worried and upset about and concerned about during these times. But again, we're we're going to try to bring some normalcy here and complain about the frivolous things that we always like to complain about. Also known as being back on our bullshit. <laughs> That's right. Um, so this press release <clears throat> announcing WWDC 
which will be in the show notes, never mentions coronavirus or COVID-19. There's one... I think they say the health situation? Yeah, there's... Yeah, this is the, the quote from Phil Schiller is, the current health situation has required that we create a new WWC 2020 format. I, <laughs> That's the best synonym for cancel I've ever heard in my life. I, I think... I think I mean, obviously, we we still have to see exactly how Apple executes on this, but I actually do think they're going to end up doing some pretty interesting things. And I also do really like the idea that WWDC as a whole will just be a little, maybe a little more accessible than it's become, where going in person has basically, you know, you basically can only go if you've got a ton of money and you, well, at first you win a lottery and then... If you win that lottery, you have a ton of money to be able to fly to San Jose and stay in San Jose, et cetera. So the idea that it's just going to be available equally to everyone, I think, could be really neat. But the way they had to come out and announce it in this just infuriatingly like PRBSE kind of way is just it's it's just super disappointing. I just wish they would have been a little more straightforward with it again super super frivolous thing to be hung up on but i like had to reread this twice when it first came out to be like wait they they really didn't (laughs) just kind of acknowledge the reality that we're in now and just tried to almost like pitch this as like a like a product release it's so so strange so tone deaf yeah yeah. Yeah, this was dumb. It, it, I think it's ameliorated slightly by the stuff that they did afterward. Like, I, th- I think it was a very responsible thing for them to um, close their stores. And even though, and we talked about this online, offline, that they're in a position where they have enough retail endpoints and other channels that they can get their products out where whatever purchases are going to happen would have happened anyway. So it's a minor inconvenience for them to close their retail locations. And they got a lot of kudos for doing that and being good corporate citizens and all that kind of stuff but they they've done other stuff since but yeah the wwdc announcement was really stupid and, and it was just it was very yeah it was i mean to say tone deaf but it was just too too apple bsy when i know there's always a level of like you always have to it's just it's smothered it's like texas barbecue like it's always smothered in bs from everything they do anyway but you it, it was just it was a very, very roundabout way of saying, hey, we basically canceled the in-person event, and they just didn't want to say it. <sighs> yeah. yeah. Although, just to end on a more positive note and to give them a little bit of credit here, they are, and they, they, they included this in their press release, they are committing a million dollars to local San Jose organizations to help offset um, some of the revenue loss as a result of not having a physical WWDC. Now, I guess I, I'd have I'd have some questions around the the dollar amount here. I mean, it's easy for me to question. It's not my money, and you know, I don't want to give someone a hard time for trying to do a good thing. But I guess I just would say I hope that that's an actual meaningful commensurate contribution. Yeah, I'm not sure it is. Because how many people go to WWC? 5,000 people? It sounds about right, yeah. It's just 200 bucks a person. Uh, based, uh, based on the economic... Like, that's where if you do some back-of-the-napkin math, or for me, launch bar math, um, 
you know, I don't think it's that much. Um, okay, I don't I actually don't I actually don't feel bad criticizing it now that you've broken it down. That way, <laughs> well, that's the but. thing where and I like in this happens every time like fucking Jeff Bezos gives money for or gets pressured into giving money for anything. People always do the math of, well, this is this X percentage of this person's net worth. And if if you translated that in that to your dollars, this is like you giving nine, nine bucks. I mean, I'm not going to take uh, that's not going to be the hill I'm going to die on. But yeah, Apple being how hold on, let me. Apple cash on hand. $207 billion. Uh, that's where it's always tricky where um, it's, it, I don't want, it feels irresponsible to make this parallel, but I'll do it anyway. Where Facebook recently when they, the, Facebook's been on a big PR offensive and they've been like on Bloomberg, like every hour announcing some feel good thing that they're doing right now. They announced that they're giving a thousand dollars to every full-time employee that is impacted by uh, working from home or the COVID-19 thing, uh, except it doesn't apply to any of the uh, underpaid contractors that they have who actually like moderate anything. So basically there's giving a thousand bucks to a bunch of people who make $150,000 a year at corporate. I think it just feels like a, like a lot of the companies are just not really necessarily doing what they say they're doing. This would be one spot where I would actually maybe cautiously give amazon kudos where they um have pledged to hire i think like a hundred thousand people i saw that yeah to meet the insane demand that they are having and they have worked to prioritize like they've they've removed one day um delivery from a lot of items on their store to prioritize um uh, more expedited shipping of household staples and stuff that people are more in need of and I know that still, to a degree, probably more centers around um, wealthier people in urban centers. So you can say you can you can debate how effective that actually is. But I don't know. It feels like Amazon is doing the right thing. And even though um, with the impending recession slash depression we're about to go into, uh, that is a decent way to shift. Um, a lot of service industry layoffs that are happening slash about to happen. I don't know. Everything, everything, everything's fucked up all the time. <sighs> We're supposed to be happy. No. Okay. So what's, what's the, um, hold on. We, we need, we need some podcast bleach because we can't go right into talking about your new, new kid. Um, <laughs> there needs to be some type of a moose bush here. Um, I think we can be talking about your new kid. No, okay. Now that everything's bad, I can't. I, I it feels really frivolous to talk about a car um, that I, that I can't go anywhere to with. So no. yeah, <laughs> that's. I didn't think of it that way. It's fine. It can park itself, and he's gray. It's fine. <laughs> I will say that I that I I am proud of myself about uh, coming up with the name Carl the Fog. That's great. I, I, I you know I'm, I'm coming around to it. Even though it's weird to say that a guy named Carlos has a car named Carl, that it's, it's a lot. It's, a, it's very alliterative. <laughs> it's a bit of a tongue twister, yeah. It is, but um, yeah, he, he's he's pretty great. So remind me, this is it. It's a BMW X three, four X four. So like an X three somebody stepped on because <laughs> it's shorter. <laughs> I, I think that was on the marketing material, but uh, um, so like, what's been? So you you sent me some photos. Very very handsome car. Um, we, I, we've briefly online, offline talked about a couple of different features, but I don't know, maybe give me like one or two things that 
in an effort to keep things positive here have stood out like in a positive way to you that it maybe been like a a pleasant surprise uh i mean it's good overall like i, th- I think i did all the research and i and i i think i made a good choice and it's yeah it's very comfy and the the wireless wireless carplay is great it's got a gigantic touchscreen um for carplay but still has the like little rotary dial so you can operate it both ways i don't it, it's it's good oh, if, if, again it, feel, it feels blamed to talk about it in in these times but no i i i feel like i made the right choice well this long time listeners of the show will know how painstakingly you you took that choice yeah um yeah only thing i'm bummed about is that the self-parking stuff is not fast enough to be useful in a city well maybe maybe in the city right now but um yeah like uh, uh, impatient people in uh any busyish area of san francisco would not be having it while the car yeah, is no, that's... doing its thing that's been my experience. My Ford Edge had a self-parking feature, and of course, you know, the Model 3 does as well. And I think that the two things that really stop it from being very useful, and it, my experience was actually pretty much the same in both cars, is one, its ability to find a valid parking space is pretty hit or miss, which, which it needs to do to then, you know, kind of trigger itself to start. And then exactly like you said, this even if it does find a space, the speed at which it executes is, you know, un- unless there's literally nobody behind you for a period of time, just doesn't work. Although, you know, when when it does, I would say that in the right situation, when it does work, it's it's pretty neat. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not terrible. It's just that when to have it in a mode where it is looking for a space, the car has to be going 25 miles an hour or less. Exactly. Which, which is... yeah fine ish but um yeah it just it it's not that slow but just a human can parallel park more quickly and it's also much more obvious that you're doing it if you're a human like where the person behind you gets the picture and you're not just slowing down for nothing and just thinks like you're some some jackass so i guess the only other question if, yeah, I, won't, I won't press you to talk too much about it but um i'm curious about what type of uh, driver assistance features it has um everything or i mean so so it, i all right i got all all the all the things um just I, I wanted to to like it or for it to be hopefully maybe a, a longer term pick so it has the adaptive cruise control which works great it's got the lane keeping and on the the whole like basically you cannot touch it for like 30 to 60 seconds and it will just drive itself and that that works pretty okay and so this i feel like the adaptive cruise control feature that a lot of cars have now that's a little more um black and white in terms of like what it is but then the the lane like lane keeping and lane centering i feel like sometimes get you know those terms get used interchangeably but are actually very very different features so what what does yours have so it has both so it has one it just has the the systems disengaged but if you are exiting your lane without signaling it will um it's configurable but it can pull you back into your lane or it'll vibrate the steering wheel to uh get mad at you for not paying attention or for not signaling and then there's the mode where you can have it basically keep you centered in a lane as long as you're going um well it's weird that it, it'll it can do it at 40 miles or above or below 40 miles and above if it's like a traffic jam situation but you have to enable it for each which is kind of weird but it'll, it'll do both so if you are going 70 with it enabled and then you come up to some traffic some stop and go traffic let's say you just you have, have to click to the button re- again. 
you have to re-enable it. Yeah, which makes sense. Like as soon as soon as you dip below forty. Yeah, it's like that movie Speed. <laughs> huh. That's 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 strange, but okay. Yeah, but no, the adaptive cruise control I've actually um, been very impressed with, or that's a feature I haven't had before, and it actually works really, really, really well. Yeah, that's. I mean, definitely. So, with you know, with my Model Three, it's it's the first car I've ever had with any sort of meaningful driver assist features, and the adaptive cruise control part of it is by far and away my favorite part. It's it's hard to imagine ever having a car again without that. I think you're um, incorrectly referring to uh, full autonomous driving as adaptive cruise control. I think I think I think um, a ventilator dude is going to sue you now. Yeah, Elon can he can come after me. No, he after would... after he's you know done trying to illegally keep his factory running. See, I I sympathize with him in I, this I'm one not case. Saying, I'm not it, saying I don't sympathize with him, and I I think that it's a he needs the Model Y to come out like that. That this is very bad. I I mean, listen, like with everything going, so I have a general, I think, uncontroversial policy with a lot of what's going on right now, which is anything, any economic activity that we can continue to do, which we can do so without putting the health of the public at risk, we should 100% do. We, we need it at this point. Um, but the, you know, it, Mm -hmm. it's tricky it's it's tricky because in a factory of ten thousand people i don't know if you can necessarily ensure that um and i don't i don't know exactly like where car manufacturing fits into the hierarchy of essential services it's and of course it's hard to separate that from you know Elon was on kind of 45's bandwagon early on with um, not really being very concerned about, you know, the, the coronavirus, but you do, you do have to kind of separate that from, from this situation. Yeah. I, I'm rambling. It's, it's complicated. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, so in that, and that's been the story that, again, that we haven't really talked about where it's basically, we've been on the sliding scale for a week of, uh, local governments, because again, there hasn't been any um, strong leadership from the executive branch on a federal level. Like it's been this mishmash of states, basically on like some like sliding scale of oh shit, to figure out how much economic activity or social gathering they're willing to permit. And California, as of like five days ago, started getting fairly heavy-handed about it, and the Bay Area, and in, in particular, has basically restricted all. Like it's been a shelter. Like as where, where what what county is Fremont in? That's not is Alameda it, County. It, that's I was gonna say Alameda. Uh, it is. Come on, Google. Um, nope, it is in Alameda County. Yeah. Well, yeah. So it's one of the the six or seven Bay Area counties that are on, in a shelter in place order, which basically means all non essential business and social activity shouldn't happen. But that's happening right now for Tesla at a really difficult time where they're trying to get the Model Y out the door to continue being a going concern because like they, they, need, they need the money from those reservations to actually happen. 
so yeah so it's 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 difficult but yeah like when you're at a factory where people are in close quarters and that's like that's literally what needs to stop happening to 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 flatten the curve as hashtag flatten the curve right but then it's but it's ten thousand people that then aren't working and it's uh, mm-hmm. it's yeah and well but and also I, in michigan what's uh, is it michigan or wisconsin well like all the um traditional north american um automakers have shut down their plants in uh whatever states up there yeah michigan yeah right um yeah. yeah. Anyway, so we we're back to happy topics. So yeah, so you somebody moved into your house. <laughs> that's that's right. I have a new housemate. See, it's a good, um, good se- better segue than most. Yeah. Um yeah, I've I've now been a dad for a little over a month, and so I'm I'm now a parental expert. You know, ask me anything. You know, stay in an AMA. Um, <laughs> yeah. how, how, how do you make uh, a human that can't talk go to bed? <laughs> uh, well, so at first, there's really nothing you can do. You kind of, I, I would say definitely like the first couple of weeks in particular, and we're still in this mode, but definitely the first couple of weeks you're just kind of going with the flow, you know, you're, you're trying to set up as best of an environment as you can and, and kind of do some of the basic right things. But at the end of the day, there's very little control that you have. So the, the general rule of thumb for parents in those first couple of weeks, especially is, is basically just whenever the baby sleeps, you sleep. And whatever time of day, whenever that happens, you know, is not really up to you. But then, you know, now that now that we're in this like fifth, sixth week time frame, this is kind of where you just sort of start to be able to have a little more influence. Um, and I'll, I'll just I'll, I'll mention it here because I think it's it's a it's a neat service that I don't that I don't mind calling out and it, with our influential audience here. Um, we just took this online course um, from Taking Kara Babies. It's a great name um, because the lead instructor is Kara. Hmm. So I, I know how much Plot you list. love a good. <laughs> yeah, I know how much you love a good uh, a good company name. Mm-hmm. Um, and her her class has been really really instructive with not necessarily like regimenting some like strict bedtime or anything at this age but just like coming up with like a general structure for how a a day you know should go that that's been super super helpful so we're actually at the point now where we there were some desperate times with sleep <laughs> during the first couple of weeks although now in retrospect i that doesn't seem very difficult compared to what we're facing now but anyway sleep sleep currently is actually not not too much of an issue i'm not getting i'm not getting a ton less sleep than i was before although now that my schedule will will start to pick up a little bit more next week that will we'll we'll see how much that holds true but um things have gotten uh things have gotten better on that front well yeah but now you're chemically dependent on blue bottle cold brew well, that and 
Boy, I think I think our last show before we went on break, I had made that Breville espresso machine, my chef special. It was mm-hmm. either the last show or maybe the show before that. I, can I double double down on that pick? Holy cow, that espresso machine has been been getting a lot of work, and it's absolutely wonderful. And I've gotten pretty good at making lattes, which that's I, I actually I've never made one for myself with it. That's just not really my thing, but. <laughs> Um, the, the lady the friend, well, the, the lady friend and family, um, that who have been over really enjoy lattes. And so it's, it's been kind of fun being able to make those for people. And I think kind of having them legitimately enjoy them. So that, that's kind of nice. <laughs> well, you I'm not really like, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a huge like chef or anything. So I'm not generally like, I'm, I'm no, chef. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm, uh, what's, what's the, the rat's name in Ratatouille? They, don't they, they call him like Tiny Chef. No, Remy. Remy. But they, they, the, the, they call him Tiny Chef, don't they? Uh, who's they? Uh, the. Like for, for, for seven eighths of the movie, he's hidden from everybody except Linguini. Linguini. Yeah. No, but that's the, but that's the red haired dude. Yeah. I think he calls him Tiny Chef or Little Chef. Look, you, you've got Disney Plus. Look it up. But I'm too busy watching Frozen Two on repeat. <laughs> it's the gift from Mickey Mouse. So, but so, what kind? What kind of milk? Oat milk, almond milk, regular milk? Uh, oh, okay. I'm not a monster. Regular milk. Oh, you're not an oat milk guy. Hmm. I don't. I don't know if I've tried oat milk. Oat milk is pretty good. Almond milk is a hard pass. But what you in that hot coffee that you recommend from Phil's? Mm-hmm. Do you use some kind of non-traditional milk in that? Right. Yeah, I use oat milk and stevia, like the lady, like the lady in Breaking Bad. Wait, is that what, when you originally recommended recommended that to me? Is that what you told me to get? Yeah, the Silk and Splendor with oat milk and uh, medium stevia is is a very good uh, medium roast pick. Well, whatever whatever the recommendation was, I did not enjoy the the milk that the I de- the defaults are not that good. I well, no, I I, I, I took your I took your order. Mm. So whatever whatever milk you recommend, I didn't have the heart to tell you at the time, but enough times passed now. <laughs> I didn't it was I didn't really care for it. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> um, that does, I don't know. I'm I'm not Phil. <laughs> <laughs> I am not the heir to the to the Phil's fortune. Yeah, all the Phils are closed, man. I'm glad I I grabbed a pound of Silk and Splendor before they shut down. Oh, are they? They're not. They're not even doing the to go thing. No. Yeah, that's too bad. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. So. So. Okay. So. So. Ch- childhood or uh, ch- uh, child rearing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Do you have uh, any very very preliminary uh baby tech picks, or how, how what's 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 your baby monitor situation? So. Okay. So baby. I. I think I've. I mentioned this before baby technology is just is is bad there's just not been <laughs> there's not um no way to talk about your daughter <laughs> there hasn't been the you know how like nest was kind of the ones that i feel like came along and sort of sort of pushing some of the the home stuff and not not just like hey this connects to wi-fi but like hey this connects to wi-fi and is actually like really well thought out so you don't think there's been an ipod of baby monitors yet Correct. Like, I mean, you can have all whatever opinions you want of like Google and all that. But like the thing you do have to give them credit for is that the Nest stuff is actually like 
pretty well thought out. Same way that like the Phillips Hughes stuff is. Um, there's not that equivalent for baby stuff. Um, so did you just get the the gray Motorola baby monitor that everybody likes? We I I got like an Arlo one, which is very very similar. Um, but we have not once used it yet because that's actually the the funny thing with a newborn is like their entire room, their entire nursery, you actually don't really use for a while because they they sleep in your room in a bassinet right next to your bed. So they're not sleeping in their own crib or anything. And then during the day when they take naps, you know, they usually just usually just hold them. They like, you know, they, they like to be held and it's, it's, it's healthy for them to be held a lot their first couple of months. So they're usually napping either on you or, you know, maybe once or twice a day you put them in, we have, it's called a little pack and play, which is basically just like another little bassinet that's in our family room. Um, so we've never had an occasion to even use a, uh, baby monitor, um, the only the only little bits of tech that we've used, um, which is actually a little controversial with um, mm. with newborns and, and babies. I mean, not like in a and not really in a contentious way, just in the sense of like whether these are a waste of money or not, which are um, like um, breathing and vital monitors for at night, mm. because you know it's like SIDS is something that. Every parent kind of has to, you know, or is in the back of their head. And so we had a friend who um, had, it's called the Owlet. It's like a little sock that you can put on on your child. And it um, keeps track of their heart rate and their, um, I think, like blood oxygen level. And so she was kind enough to uh, send that over to us. Um, and we use that for a little while and it's, it's actually got a really well-designed iOS app and it, it actually maybe is as close to like a nest type product, uh, in the newborn space as there is, but it was kind of unreliable and really, really hard to put on and $300 uh, and, and yeah, well, and like I said, you know, we were given one, which was incredibly nice, but yeah, otherwise very, very expensive. Um, We've since started just using a really basic monitor. It's called the Angel Care, and it's it's just a little um, sensor that you put underneath their mattress that connects via Bluetooth to a little um, monitor station. So there's no no app or anything, um, and it just it just monitors movement. Um, and that was only like sixty bucks. So we we do have that. Um, not something you can necessarily like rely on, but. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the only like little bit of, little bit of technology we've had with the baby. Otherwise it's been pretty low tech swings and things like that. She doesn't have an appreciation for smart home stuff. We'll, we'll get there. Give it time. Yeah. Uh, you want to keep it brief and just, uh, jump to some, uh, chef specials? Say, I think. Oh, we, could, oh, we, we actually know. Yeah, let's. Uh, we, yeah, we 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 should we should try to end on a little bit of a normal note. We can make it. We can make it quick. Um, oh, I, I yeah, I think it's gonna be quick. Um, do thumbs down. 
so the, I mean, it, it's hard not to. I mean, okay. So it, this is the new new iPads and the kind of long rumored um, Magic Keyboard for the iPad. Well, so what's you what's know, the tagline of the new iPad Pro? Uh, it, it's like I I sent you a didn't I send you a screenshot of it? That Just was go to Apple.com. Go to apple.com. Your next computer is not a computer. Yeah, they're still going with this thing. They didn't they didn't learn after that TV ad. Okay. Um so you know, this thing kind of got like announced almost like in the middle of the night, just via press release and then some videos that Apple put out, which were kind of like just like the demo sessions that we would normally get during an event um so like the, the the messaging has been weird there's just kind of just no no way around it um but i guess putting that aside um i i don't i don't know what to say about these products because it i feel like in some ways it like it it kind of changes everything about the ipad but on the other hand it like changes nothing does that make sense? Yeah, I think you just ripped that out of their next ad. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, so the, 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 like, I don't know. I think, I think it's great. I guess I think it's the next evolution of the iPad Pro. Um, everything's been improved just a little bit. Same general design where if it was powered off, you wouldn't be able to tell, but basically everything about it's got a little bit better. But yeah, I think the big story story is well so one the previous product had been out for about 18 months so it was due for a refresh anyhow um and this is this is an incremental improvement but also maybe not so much because most of the story with this is an update that came in ios 13.4 and a new accessory that comes with it like that's the the big news here because even though well, and then the software update that came out is is that there's now, this was originally kind of like beta previewed as an accessibility feature in iOS 13, but now I guess uh, Apple um, went all in on it and it's fully baked now where there is full trackpad and mouse cursor support inside of iOS where there's a cool video that you can link to that has um, Craig doing or, uh, a like a hands-on demo from Apple Park showing how it actually works. But yeah, so they they fully baked the concept of using the iPad most of the time in this kind of I don't want to call it a magic keyboard. I want to call it a laptop dock because I I because I, I really don't want Apple to get away with trying to pretend this is a real computer but also like uh being non-committal about it cuz that's what this thing is, right? Like it, it, it's a dock with a keypad, oh, sorry, with a keyboard and a trackpad, and they've now given it the same keyboard shortcuts and um, pointer support that a traditional computer has. So that's kind of what they think it is now, right? This isn't like just like, oh, you kind of want a keyboard, we'll give you a first party keyboard and you just do whatever you want with. Like this, they're showing that this is what they think a large amount of people will be using the iPad with, right? I mean, yeah, I, I, I think so. Although I, I don't know necessarily how large of a number that's going to be given. You know, it, it's for the pro models only. 
the keyboard itself is like an additional 300 yeah so i don't know if this is necessarily going to be like the majority so i guess maybe okay i guess maybe this is a little bit of my surprise with this is that i've always felt that the clamoring for a better keyboard and, and actually the the clamoring for a trackpad um and just sort of like the general notion of like wanting more Mac-like features and Mac-like input to become part of the iPad. I always kind of thought that was like a T-word circle echo chamber thing that a handful of people with, you know, voices in the industry think of like Federico and Jason Snell and others, Mike Hurley. Like, I always thought it was kind of just them that wanted it, but... I guess maybe I've maybe I've misread that because I cannot imagine that Apple's made this product just for a small handful of people. Like this seems like a kind of a fundamental change in the way they think about the iPad. So, yeah, I mean, it, it must have more more appeal than just a small handful of people. So, I guess maybe that's what I'm that's what I'm a little surprised by. I feel like maybe I'm like missing something. Yeah, like I, I think as the as the as iPadOS matures and they they want it to be um, uh, more of a computer to more people, like I think this kind of does have to happen just because so much of like there's been that broken metaphor where um, Apple has said like the reason why they won't add a touchscreen to Macs is because they believe that um, like it was like like a ninety degree angle thing where like you you have your hands on the mouse and keyboard and the screen is at a 90 degree angle and ipads are different because they are held in your hand or they're propped up in a different way and some excuse for why they don't want to do it but more and more of that is blurring now so it feels like they kind of have just abandoned that so as they kind of over the past few versions of ios moved more towards ever so slightly like they at first they made the multitasking richer and even though it's very complicated and difficult to discover it is more usable, sort of, or more more powerful than it used to be. So that got better, and the price and processing power of the iPads has come a long way. So I think kind of they just reached the wall where they're like, if well, if we want people to be able to use these in the way that we're sort of intending they might be used, we have to do it. Like, I, I feel like this isn't a response to the Jason Snells of the world where like Jason's been pining away for a um, like an iOS, uh, an iOS based MacBook for a while. I forget the name that he always gives that mythical product, but um, like it feels like this is that. And I think even Jason kind of from his responses on a couple of shows, this isn't what he thought it was going to be. And it's, it's it's much more than he thought it would be. Yeah, he he or he was also saying saying that from like a software standpoint that there was like he said this multiple times that like there was no way that there was going to be a bunch of hidden stuff in iOS or iPad OS 13.4 that was going to basically rethink the touch um pad or the the pointer input but that's exactly what happened. Like I think the phrase I saw him use was like what's in iOS or iPad OS 13.4 um already exceeds like what he would have expected them to do in the fall come um iOS 14 and iPad OS 14. 
So I guess kudos, kudos to Apple for, for pulling that off. Well, and also uh, again, and this going from like, like kind of an unapologetic, unapologetic iPad hater, but like they put their whole ass into it. Like they, they, this wasn't a half measure where like so many of the things in the past with the iPad have been fine. We'll give you a keyboard fine. We'll give you multitasking, but it's not going to work very well. But like, it feels like they, again, I haven't used it yet. And most reviewers haven't actually used it yet. It's just people breaking down that video that, um, uh, that Craig did. And a few people who have, um, in the past 24 hours installed that, um, the developer release of 13.4, because you can also use this with a Bluetooth attached magic trackpad and also, um, USB mice. If you use a USB C to USB adapter, but I don't know if it feels like they like didn't hold back anything on the implementation of it. And that's, that's cool. Like, I, like, I mean, st- I, I still think here's my problem with it. Like it, it seems really neat and I, it, 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 like, it is genuinely interesting to me, but nothing about iOS other than the fact that there's now rich mouse pointer support. It doesn't change the fact that iOS is still difficult to do real work with. Please at Ryan, not me. I don't want to hear about it. Like it, it's still all the same limitations of the fact that uh, multitasking is incomprehensible and that work in that the files app is still basically broken. Like just so much of it just doesn't work right. Like it, it's still a case where it feels like the I like the hardware because like this keyboard dock thing like the magic keyboard, like it looks really, really, really cool. Um, and it's very expensive, but the way it works and the way it docks, it seems can I, much can more I fun. Ask a, can I ask a dumb question real fast? Sure. How does it connect to the iPad? Is uh, it using magnet. this? But it, well, no, I know that, but is it, how does it communicate with the iPad? Is it using the smart connector? Yeah. Cause isn't on, cause I still like, I'm, I, I dislike my iPad. So I still have the first iPad pro from like 2015. Doesn't the iPad on the back, not only does it have all the magnets, yeah so when you because you, you don't have the keyboard case for yours right I do, I do not no i do not on the back not only are there magnets for it to attach but i also think there's like three gold contacts which serve as like io ports yeah yeah so it's that okay because it because it, it it's the way they phrased it is that it basically works for with any usb-c based ipad but i guess that's that's only <laughs> that's the last one and this one yeah right but it's not a USB-C keyboard, but it does have a USB-C pass-through port. And that's the other cool part is that I did not know that you could get enough wattage through those gold connectors, where apparently if you plug it in through that little side port in kind of that little hinge thingy on the Magic Keyboard, that will also charge the iPad at the same time, unless I'm misunderstanding that. And that's really cool. Pro- of course, probably slower, but uh yeah I, I yeah i guess i mean we'll, we'll have to see how that usb-c port works yeah but i don't know i think it's uh yeah usb-c port charges ipad pro like it it looks really cool and this is much close like just make this run os 10 like this like that's why i've always like i wish i liked windows because I've, i i find the surface pro to be such an interesting product i would love like and this is the same Again, I'll I'll wrap this up, but like whenever Jason 
kind of begrudgingly answers the question of like, oh, you like because he 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 will always talk about whenever somebody sends him dumb feedback saying, oh, if you if you put all this stuff on your iPad, why not just use a Mac? And then his his uh, response is always, you can't take the you can't detach the keyboard from a MacBook Pro, which is fair. I still think he's wrong. Like I still disagree profoundly with a whole lot of stuff that's unsaid in that statement. But but I get it. And that's where the Surface Pro has always seemed so interesting because it still runs a full, rich operating system and not this kind of half measures iPad OS thing. But th- like, if this ran OS X, like, I would limitless amounts of money for this. Like, it would be so cool. But it, like, I, I just think Apple never will. Now, and I just can't figure out where how iPad OS gets to the point where it becomes rich enough to do real work, but doesn't become so incredibly complex that it, it it's off-putting to um, people who want to use an iPad in a much simpler form. Cause that's the problem where, and that's, that was one of the big things that Gruber highlighted when he wrote his post in, um, in January that got a ton of traction of like, why is multitasking on the iPad so hard? And it's also made simple things way more confusing and complicated. So it's it's a super super interesting product, but like I don't think I'm gonna buy one. Like because the one I would want would be a hundred a thousand five a thousand fifty dollars. I'd want the eleven inch two fifty six with cellular, and then I would want like half of the reason you'd want it is because you'd want that magic keyboard thing. And like and I just never use my iPad, so that's just not worth it. I so I, I have I have the first generation you know USB C base ipad which i guess is the first first generation ipad pro 11 inch so i I do already have that um and this keyboard does just seem really freaking cool but it does, um, it, it, does it work with it mm-hmm. that's that's been like um that's been the most amazing part of the announcement for me is that the magic keyboard is not exclusive to this new generation um of ipad pros it's also compatible with the previous generation which is the one that i have which is super surprising um because it, it's it's the generation of ipad that i have that introduced that new smart connector so mm. sweet then what's what's better other than the processor what's better about this ipad then so uh, could i, could I try cam- to... yeah but you should not be taking photos with your ipad no i i well that and it, it also has a like a lidar based camera for ar stuff so you can self-drive with it <laughs> so hmm so then maybe if there's a fire sale um insert tobias bluth audio clip um on first gen 11 inch ipad pros mm-hmm. but i can't think of a world where they're gonna be that much cheaper where i would impulse buy it because it has to be really fucking cheap yeah and I, I'm, I'm on the apple website here i don't i don't even think you you can't buy you can't buy that previous generation anymore it doesn't because like, some, like sometimes best buy will do that where they'll clearance out old apples but i, I can't it, i can't find a, a think of a way where it'd be cheap enough to either not get the where it's cheap enough to impulse buy it or cheap enough where there's a big enough price difference between the new one to not just get the new one right well so we'll we'll wrap up here but the um the keyboard's not coming until May, so you've got oh, some time d- to think about that. Money won't be worth anything by that point, so fuck it. <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> All right, so I think more. I think lots more to come on this. I mean, this just just happened today. So anytime there's an Apple announcement, it, it always feels like the the actual announcement itself is interesting. But then it's like those next few it's, days. It's a, th- it's like a three weeks one. of follow on until yeah, it actually gets in people's hands. Exactly. So um, last thing, they came out with a revised MacBook Air with the new keyboard. Oh yeah, I, but I, I don't care about any of that. Where's my 14 inch MacBook Pro? Because I have too many crunchy keys. And this, the battery on my 13-inch laptop, it's it's three years old now. It's it's hurting. I need a I need a functional computer. Apple. The 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 MacBook Air is, I think, continues to be their most popular laptop. So there was a big incentive to get that new keyboard in that computer. So it makes sense to me that this is the next one they updated. That 13-inch MacBook Pro, which I assume will just become like a 14-inch MacBook Pro, that's gotta be. You know that's got to be WWDC or sometime around there. I would think. I, I, yeah, I still I still don't understand how the third the sixteen inch outsells the thirteen, but whatever. I don't I don't think I don't necessarily think it does. Oh well, then update it. I, I, they will. I'm I'm saying I think that's why the Air got updated before the thirteen inch Pro. I think the Air is way more popular. Oh, um, mo- most definitely. Yeah. Um. All right, chef special, and then heck yeah, we'll get back to worrying. Worrying, <laughs> exactly. Um, mine, sh- mine short and sweet. Um, having a fancy camera, I'm really glad it's something you sort of nudged me towards. Um, there have been a handful of moments so far that I've been super, super glad to have it. Um, having a newborn at home, um, the we did like a little one month photo shoot last week um and that was that was super cool to have the camera i still don't really know how to use it but the <laughs> pictures somehow come out really nice on it so good yeah you have to you have to publish some of them or like um, at, like at you, full you saw those one month pictures right but like at full res not on instagram oh yeah 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 um i'm sure i have some. i i had a whole bunch of these Okay, I'll use this one. Uh, so there's a podcast that I've recommended in the past, and it's been a previous chef special, but there was a really, really, really good episode of uh, the Reply All podcast that came out uh, two weeks ago that I would recommend that everybody listen to. It was episode number... Episode 158 of Reply All, titled The Case of the Missing Hit. Um, it... it Normally, this podcast is about just like internet culture and just just stuff related to technology and and, and culture, and, and it's and it's neat. But this is objectively like one of the best episodes of a podcast I've ever heard, where somebody wrote in about a song that they remember from the '90s that they like were just stuck in their head for a while, and they were trying to tell somebody about it. They couldn't find it, and then he was trying to look it up on Spotify or any type of service, and he just couldn't find it. And after weeks and months of googling just literally couldn't find it and then the hosts go to try to help him figure out what it is and um it's just it's an hour-long perfectly told story uh that's very very elaborate and is super fun so whether or not you subscribe to it go listen to it and it's a super fun episode it is now in the notes wonderful 